Hey, good morning, Brookside. Good to see everybody here. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Derek, congratulations. Um, we're so excited um, just to hear your faith story this morning and um, just to see uh, what God is doing in your life. It's just really, isn't it fun to celebrate um, when people are finding and following Jesus Christ? There's just, as Rob said, there's just nothing, uh, nothing greater. Um, I want to let you know this morning um, that in response to the Supreme Court ruling on Friday that um, the president of our denomination wrote a thoughtful and I think a, a very thorough um, just response to that. And uh, we wanted, we thought that might be helpful to you just to provide that for you. And so you can grab a copy of that if you'd like on your way out. Those are at the tables um, where we put our community group questions that you can grab each week. So I just wanted to make that as a resource for you today. Um, this past week, we asked you to be praying uh, for our high school students uh, who were in Colorado and on their trip and um, got a text from Brad. He said they got back last night about uh, 12 or uh, 2.45 or something like that, and that was after a 19-hour trip, uh, so uh, it's good to have them back, but wanted to thank you for praying for them. I got a text from one of the students earlier in the week, and just to hear what God is doing in the lives of our students um, hearts is it's phenomenal it's so fun that we get to be a part of that of leading the next generation and so um it made me grateful as i read that um for the volunteers in our church uh, that rally around the next generation from kids all the way up from babies all the way up and so we're just so grateful Jack, brad and jack and and our volunteers so so thank you for that I also wanted to mention to you that um, last weekend, just want to celebrate, a lot of things to celebrate, which is fun, wanted to celebrate with you that last weekend was the Happy Camper Run, um, and that run is all about helping um, foster kids be able to have a life-changing week at camp, and uh, it's just a blast for our church to be able to be a part of an effort like that, and I wanted to tell you that over 600 people participated in that run, and, um, and it raised enough to fund 80 kids to be able to, to go to camp, um, um, so that's just really, uh, really exciting and, and fun for us to be a part of. And then this was uh, another thing, too. Tuesday morning, I heard that nearly 100 guys were at our first uh, men's summer series study, and uh, that's just phenomenal. Those guys are going to be connected in a small group, and um, as you know, we believe that God um, really works in the context of community when we're together, and so it's exciting um, that, that uh, there was that good of a turnout for that, and I would encourage you, if you weren't there, uh, it's Tuesday mornings, you can be um, a, a part of that. And then lastly, uh, you may have noticed this morning, particularly if you have really young ones, um, that our electronic check-in is up and going. And I just want to say a huge thank you to John Houston. He does so much behind-the-scenes work, and he's a guy on our team who many of you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. He and his team have done a phenomenal job really taking our church management system, kind of all the workings behind the scenes, the software, and transforming that to a new system, and they've just done a phenomenal job, and so we're just so appreciative um, of him and and that team's efforts. So, uh, well, let's dig into today, and that's part four of our series, uh, in our series called Life Hacks. And uh, before we do that, um, I'd love just to to pray for us and just ask God to to really move in our midst and uh, really to speak uh, to us in a fresh way. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you that we can um, worship you in this place like we can. We're we're grateful for that. And um, Lord, we praise you for who you are. And Lord, this morning we do, we think of our nation, and God, we, we pray um, for our, the leadership of our nation. We pray for its direction. And Lord, we pray as many people in this life have experienced your life-giving grace, Lord, we pray that as a church, 
we would be able to continue to help more and more people find and follow Jesus Christ and experience life with him and everything that that means, Lord. Um, And so, Father, would you uh, gift us with continuing to allow us to be a vital part of what you're doing? We're honored to. And, um, Lord, this morning we just want to open our hearts to you and just say in these next moments, Lord, would you speak to us? Um, it's exciting to think about the word you have for us. And so even right now, would you just take a moment individually and would you just say, and, and we do this because God will honor a prayer like this, would you humbly just say to God very simply, Lord, would you speak specifically to me this morning? So go ahead and just do that on your own. Father, thank you um, that every time we offer that kind of a prayer, you meet us in that. You know us by name, you know what our week was like, and you meet us in this place. And God, we're just so grateful for it. And so we commit this time to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we've been talking in this series about how life hacks are very simple things that when you do them, they add value to your life. And as we've been looking through the scriptures, the scriptures are full of life hacks. The scriptures are full of brilliant things, really, that when you apply them, they really change uh, the course of your life. Today is no exception, the topic that we're going to dive into. And I'm really excited uh, to be able to unpack it for you. Before we get there, though, I want to set it up with this question. Here it is. When you think of something that is extremely powerful, what comes to mind? Something that, it could be anything, but it just has, it has a lot of just sheer power. Uh, Maybe for you, it's a, it's, you think of a big engine, you know, an engine that will take a car from zero to 60 in no time. A lot of power when it's at full throttle. Um, maybe for you, you think of back to the World Series, College World Series, you think of a guy standing at home plate and he hits the ball and he cranks it clear over center field, over 400 feet, over the wall. And you think, man, that guy, ooh, he had some power. Or maybe for you, you think of maybe through the eyes of a child at a construction site and you're watching a huge excavator just move tons and tons of dirt effortlessly to build something impressive. That's That's power. Um, Or maybe for you, you've experienced or witnessed a natural disaster. And so you, when you think of power, you you think of the time when you were just amazed at the wind or the power of the water. On the morning of Saturday, um, July 24, 2010, I got a call from my parents who were at a small lake in eastern Iowa where they have a cabin. And they told me, they said, hey, we just wanted you to know that at the lake, 12 inches of rain has fallen just north of the lake in about 10 hours, and so it's causing historic flooding down here. And, and then they described the scene to me, said, man, it's just, there's how, you know, parts of homes, there's, there's boats, there's docks, every, you name it, it's coming down the lake, and uh, it's just going to be wide destruction. And so I got in the car, and I began to, to head that way, and, and as I approached a couple hours away, I got another call, and they said, um, the dam has been breached, and they had told me that that could be a possibility. This water was so strong that it was eroding the earth on the side of the, the, the dam, and, and it gave away. And, and so the next day, on the 24th of July, I stood right here on this road, and I remember as a kid standing on this bridge and looking downriver, looking at this amazing dam and just watching the water powerfully roar through it. I mean, this dam, what did it do? It, it kept this lake intact so that there could be fun and recreation, and we just finished vacation there. It was a great time. 
But now, today, I, that day, I stood on that, that bridge, and I looked over, and I just saw this crevice of earth that was missing, and I thought, wow, the power of water today, whoa, it's, it's damaging. Isn't it true that it, there are certain things that have the power to bring great joy, but there are also certain things that have the power to bring great devastation? There are certain things that you stand back at their power, and you go, wow. That is cool. And there are other things that you stand back at and you sort of cringe and you go, whoa, that is powerful, sheer power. This morning we're going to talk about the power of one of the most uncontested things in all of history. It's something that each person in this room has been directly shaped by, yet you don't have to pay for it. Um, you don't have to have the weather just right to, to see this thing in action. Um, you don't have to do any of that. Every person in this room possesses one of the most uncontested, most powerful things in all of human history. It's your mouth, and it's the words that you and I speak. Our bottom line for this morning, today's life hack, the statement that I want you to remember and have in your brain is this, words are powerful. It's a very simple statement. Uh, Christine and I heard this years ago, and we began, particularly when we had kids, we began saying this around our home. This is like a regular statement in our house. If it's not weekly, oftentimes this one's multiple times a day because we need to be reminded, but also we want our kids to remember the words that come out of their mouth. They're not just words. It's like no big deal. No, no, your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. They just don't go unnoticed. They're a big, big deal. This is why words are so powerful. They do three things. Here it is. Write this statement down. Words have the power to do three things, to build, to break, and to reveal. Words don't just kind of sit empty. No, no. Words are either going to do this. They're going to build. They're going to break. And we're going to talk today about how words, they reveal. They reveal at the core who we are. Words will cut like a knife. They'll break. Uh, words will build, they'll, they'll speak life into someone's soul, but they'll also reveal, they'll tell us, your words will tell you exactly what's going on at the core of who you are. This topic is so practical because the average person, now this is, this is the average person, not the overly talkative or not on the other side, the super shy. The average person spends, get this, one-fifth of their life talking. If all of the words were put into print as, um, in, for just one day, get this, a single day's worth of words would be this, a 50-page book. That's the average person, not Mr. Talkative. In a year's time, the average person's words, get this, would fill 132 books at 200 pages each. Now, some of you would say, you can save paper on me because you don't... You don't talk much, right? Maybe you're just kind of shy or you're, you're just a quick answer of yes, no, maybe. I'll get back to you. You know, that's it. Now, others of you are like, give me the library, right? I mean, you, you like to talk, right? Solomon put it like this in Proverbs 18, Proverbs 18, verse 21. He said this, the tongue can bring life or death, meaning this, there's two extremes, and our words cover the whole spectrum. Our words are going to be either life-giving or they're going to be death. They're going to be words that break. Either they're going to build or they're going to break. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says this, too much talk leads to sin. And then I love God's word just cuts to the heart. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. All right? 
No messing around there. My parents used to say this to us. They say, they said, maybe someone said this to you wisely when you were growing up. My parents often said, think before you speak. The before was just as important as the think, right? Think before you speak. Or maybe you said this to a young child or someone said this to you, watch your mouth. And the reason they said watch your mouth was because they knew, whoa, the words that you say, they're a big, big deal. They don't just land um, with no force at all. It's true, isn't it, that throughout history, we see this over and over, significant movements or events that have taken place throughout the course of history, events that have taken people to the highest of heights or to the lowest of lows. Oftentimes, most often, those events are because of a speech or they're because of a group of conversations that then followed or rallied a group of people. It's rhetoric at its best. Words are powerful. They can lead a group of people to great outcomes. Words are also powerful. They can lead a group of people to destruction. Getting even more personal. If I were to ask you, just if we were sitting across the table together, and I were to ask you, hey, lay out for me, what are some of the milestones in your life? What are some of the significant turning points as you've gone through your life? It's very likely that you would say to me, well, when so-and-so said that to me, or, or you would reflect on maybe a word that someone gave you and it just spoke life into you, or you would maybe reflect on a time that was significant, a marker for you, when someone was just hard on you, they broke you with their words. Uh, words are incredibly powerful. I was talking to someone this week and they said that hearing their dad say for the very first time, they had, didn't get this growing up, but then when they got it, they said, when my dad said I'm proud of you. They said when their dad said that, it was a pivot. It was a turning point in their life. Has anyone ever said anything to you that just lifted your spirit? It gave you life. Maybe somebody looked at you and they said, you know, I don't know if you see this in you, but I see this in you. you got to develop that. What does that do? It, it gives life to you. Um, words are powerful at every age. They never stop. They never lose their power. On the flip side, consider the stories of the hundreds and hundreds of teens or college students or young adults that have endured constant mockery and belittling from their peers to the point that they took their own lives. And it wasn't that they took their own lives because of a chemical imbalance or because of deep depression. They took their own lives because of the power of someone else's words. Words are incredibly powerful. Have you ever heard this little poem maybe growing up? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, I mean, th that, that's not true, is it? Or how about this one? I'm rubber, you're glue. What you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. That's kind of fun, isn't it, to say, really? I mean, there's, we got a lot of kids in here today. Welcome, guys. Good to have you here. But isn't that kind of fun to say, I'm rubber, you're glue, but it's not true. I mean, because what you say, it doesn't just bounce off of me. It actually, it actually sticks with me because words are powerful. Proverbs chapter uh, 12, verse 18 puts it like this. The words of the reckless, what do they do? They pierce like swords, but the tongue, the words of the wise, they bring healing. There's two outcomes. Either you're going to break with your words or you're going to build with your words those are just reckless. They just speak what's on their mind. No filter. It's like piercing of the sword, the cutting of the knife. But those who, who think, those who 
are rooted in Christ. Their words, what are they? They, they can bring healing. To this day, I can remember from, this is years and years ago, I can remember times when someone said something to me that had something positive to me that had an impact on me. I can remember who said it, I can remember where I was, and I can remember vividly the impact that it had on me, positively. At the same time, I have just as vivid of memories of when people, and a few times in my life, when people cut me, they broke me with their words. And it had an impact. Words don't go flat. As I studied this week, um, I just I felt God just continually pulling me back to this thing of, Jeff, don't just study about words. Jeff, ask me. Jeff, you submit to me throughout this week and, and going forward, continue to ask me, Lord, would you mold my words? I think that's our prayer coming out of this morning. Even as I say and, and think of and remind myself of things that different people have said to me, some of you are going, oh, I remember when. And you're remembering the time when someone's words were impactful to you. The book of James in the scriptures gives us the most extensive explanation of the power of words. And it, it points out both sides, the challenge and the opportunity that they present. Let's look at verse 1 of James chapter 3. It says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. What James is pointing out is it's one thing to be careless with your words when you're sitting across the table from one person. But it's a whole other thing if you stand before a group of people and you're careless with your words. Huge verse. Verse 2, he goes on. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Kind of like, whew, glad he put that in there. <laughs> um, think about this. Have you, have you ever said anything that you regretted? If you ever just spoke a word, you said a sentence to somebody, and all this, as you said it even, you thought, oh, if I could just rewind. Oh, if they could just forget that one. It says that we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault with what they say is perfect. They're able to keep their whole body in check. And he goes on in verse 3, and he says, I'm going to give you now three examples. I'm going to drive home this point. Words are powerful. They have the power to build, to break, and to reveal. He says that we can put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. Example one. And if we do that, we can turn the whole animal. Think about this for a second. You can put a 500-pound load on a, on a good-sized horse, and it won't bother it at all. That horse probably won't even flinch. It will not be a big deal at all to bear the burden of 500 pounds. Then you take that burden off of that horse, and you get that thing moving. You get that thing in race mode. A horse that same size can run a quarter mile in about 25 seconds. Take that same horse now, put somebody on it that's maybe just 100 pounds. So the force of this brute strength, a half a ton of raw power, you put somebody on there that weighs nothing. You put a bit in that horse's mouth and you get that person to skillfully control them with gentle movements of their hands. They can make that horse literally dance. Why? Control the mouth, and you control amazing power. Example 2, verse 4. It says, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large, and they're driven by strong winds, and they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. You've maybe heard the statement that if the one who controls the rudder controls the ship. It doesn't matter if it's a, a two-person uh, paddle boat, or it's a huge cruise ship. 
Both examples, what, what James is wanting to do is he's saying, I want to emphatically let people know that words are incredibly powerful. They're effective for something wonderful on one hand, but they can just as easily, if they're not harnessed, if they're not thought through, if they're not submitted to Christ, oh, they can be breaking. It can be so powerful in that way. Verse 5, he goes, gives the next example. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. I was thinking this week of the, the great uh, Chicago fire. It's like 1870-ish. And this thing killed 250 people, at, at least that many. It, it burned. It completely blackened like three and a half quarter mile. 17,000 buildings went down with this fire. But where did it all come from? It came from the southeast corner of the city. It came from one small neighborhood, and it came from one single spark. What James is saying is this. Your words, you might not think they're much, but boom, they can have a huge, huge impact. And he goes on, verse 6, he says, The tongue is also a fire. It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil. It is full of deadly poison. And then he says this, With the tongue, we do two things. We praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise, and then on the other hand, cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Now notice this is so important. Notice the context in which uh, James is writing. He's writing in this context of, uh, he's making an assumption, you're a part of the family of God. He's saying, I'm writing to you as a follower of Christ. He says, you call God your father. Um, it's like the person that proclaims, I am a child of God. Because James isn't saying this. Hey, everybody, I just want you to know, muster up the strength and the will and the effort and clean up your mouth. For Pete's sake, your mouth is powerful. No, 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 no. James isn't starting there. James is saying the starting place for the conversation about your words is what family do you belong to? He's saying, because if you belong to the family of God, it changes how you think about your words. Because if you're a child of God, it, your identity is in Christ, it puts you in a, a different context of thinking, and it changes how I process my words. If my identity in God's family, if, if my identity is that I'm a child of God, as we sang this morning, God is for me. No, no, God is not standing in opposition. God's not against me. If I live in that mentality, if I remind myself, and for me this has to be daily, if I remind myself, okay, who am I in Christ? And when I do that, it changes perspective. And James is saying that when you start there, when your identity is firm in Christ, it then will transform the things that you say. If my identity is first and foremost as a pastor, or it's as a husband, or it's as a father, or it's as a friend, then my primary focus with my words will be to elevate me. I'll use my words to do that, um, and my mouth will be corrupt. 
This is the reason why that we slander. This is the reason why that we fall into gossip, where we tear people down with our words. It's because we think that it will make us feel better if our primary identity, primary identity is caught up in us, in anything other than Christ. But if our identity is as a child of God, then I walk with a different level of, of, of confidence and I I look at my words, and I'm not threatened by someone else's success. I can say, wow, oh, they're doing great. I can applaud them. It's not, it's not a threat. But if my identity, if your identity is rooted in anything other than that, if, that, if there's something else that's first, that I'm a good salesperson, that's my identity. I'm an owner. I'm a worker. I'm, whatever it is, I'm a dad. Whatever's first, if it's not Christ, then our words will reveal that we feel threatened. Someone at work will get salesperson of the month, and it won't be you. And instead of just saying, whoa, they're doing so well, congratulations, we might say something like, yeah, but do you know Bill? I mean, Bill's a little shady, actually. I think it's going to come out here in a few more months that the numbers aren't quite right. Or somebody gets something else, and, and instead of just going, hey, good job, we feel threatened, and so we say harmful things in order to exalt ourselves. At the end of the day, it can't be most important to me that I'm a great pastor. What's got to be number one, and this is something I have to remind myself of all the time, what's got to be is my, root, my identity must be rooted in my number one thing is I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God who is in need of God's grace. I've received his forgiveness, and when I own that identity, then my words, after that's the starting place, then my words can be words that truly build. Think about words that build for a minute. And this was fun to think about this week. So many of you Brooksiders, you set the tone in this. And it's a blast to have you out in the community representing this as your local church. And we hear stories about what you're doing. It's phenomenal. But you say things, you, you use building words, you use them well. You say things to your kids or your spouse or to your parents. You say things like, I love you. You say things like, I just wanted you to know I'm proud of you. It's the dad that says, you know what? He says this to his daughter. If I lined up all the little girls in, in the whole world, I'd pick you every single time. I said that to Ashlyn once, and our daughter, and she's pretty smart. She said, well, Dad, actually, if you lined up all the girls in the whole world, you probably wouldn't be able to find me, you know, or take you a long time, whatever. <laughs> I was like, babe, I'm just trying to tell you I love you, you know, whatever. <laughs> but some of you, you do this so well, so many of you do. You use your words well. A lot of you kids in here, you, 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 you use your words well. You say, Mom and Dad, thank you. Mom and Dad, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. That's honoring. Don't ever underestimate the power of those kinds of consistent words. I watched a guy this week in tears as he explained that growing up, he said, I have no memory of my dad ever saying to me three simple words, I love you. Impacted him. Know this, if that's your story, you don't have to leave that legacy. Your words are powerful. I got an email from my dad this morning, and at the end of this short little email, it said, love ya. No, it wasn't like I just read over that, like, sincerely. No, no, he said, he said, love ya. That meant something. It never gets old. Never gets old. 
Many of you at your workplace, I commend you for this. You are quick to encourage. Instead of feeling threatened, your identity is firm in Christ. And so you look at the lives of other people and you, you pour out encouragement. You're the kind of person that says, hey, thank you for doing a good job. I appreciate what you do. Hey, I noticed that you did that. Well done. Or when you're wrong, this is huge. No matter how long ago maybe you wronged someone, some of the most powerful words that you can say, and I commend you for those of you who have the courage, and you often do, to say these words. I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? You want to build a relationship that you've broken? You want to try to bring restoration to something that's broken? That's a starting point. It's the power of your words. It's saying, okay, i got to get over my own issues here. I'm in Christ. I'm forgiven. And now I go to this, I say, I just want you to know I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? It's powerful. Many of you, you're the kind of friends, I commend you for this as well, that you don't just have friendships where you pr pile on praise all the time and it becomes meaningless, but you care enough about the people in your life that there are times when you look at them and say, because I love you, I very lovingly want to just say to you, I see there's something going, that, that doesn't look right. I, are you sure? You know, and, and you're willing to say hard things because you love them. Hard things can be said to build. Those aren't off limits. That's actually a, an act of love. Uh, Proverbs 27 verse 6 says this, wounds from a friend, uh, they, they, they can bring healing. Wounds from a friend, it says, they can be trusted. Um, so think about that. When you say hard things, a friend, that's not like, that doesn't, it's not a dagger in my heart. No, no, no. That's like, oh, thank you. You saw that in me, and you had the heart and the wisdom to tell me so you could direct me on a better path. Thank you. We could have spent the whole morning, and this is just fun to think about, the power of the words that God spoke. I just want to mention just a few of these. This is a, a game changer for some. It says in God's word this, that God says to us, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Wouldn't, that's, whew, talk about the power of words. Or how about this one? Come to me, all you who are weary. Come to me, all you who have a burden, and what will I do? God of the universe says this to you. Your heavenly Father says to you, I'll give you rest. You're weary, you've got challenges, come to me. All oh, the power of words. How about this? It's not because of the righteous things that we have done that we can know God, but it's because of his mercy. He saved us not because of the righteous things, but because of his mercy. Nine out of ten people on the street would say, how do you have a relationship with, a God, with God? And they would say, well, you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ by being a good person. What good news to hear. You're saved not because of the righteous things that you do, but it's because of his mercy, the power of words. How about these ones? You are forgiven. Wow, you carry around a burden in your life. Or you just, you have a, a clear view of your own heart at times. And you hear those words, I am forgiven from Jesus Christ. It's huge, the power of words. Words are so powerful. They have the power to build, they have the power to break, and they have the power to reveal. I want to show you, this is Luke chapter 6. It says this, this is about this whole idea that not only do they build, do they break, words also reveal what's at the core. It says, out of the, uh, a good man, it says, brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. 
And then this is the key statement. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks not just what the mouth speaks. No, no, no. The mouth speaks from a source. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Think about what an incredible gift that is. You never have to wonder what's going on in your heart. You've got a barometer on your heart. You've got a gauge that tells you about your heart every single day, and it's your words. If your words are angry, that's like the pattern of your words. You know, my heart is angry. If your words, they're filled with jealousy, you're putting others down, you're always elevating yourself in, in circles you run in. What do you, you, know, you can know this about yourself. I have a jealous heart. I've got to figure that out. Um, and here's the thing. This is why this is such a gift. You don't have to just let your heart be in that place. You can go, okay, God, would you take my heart? Would you change it? My words are telling me this. Um, oftentimes my words tell me I, I can get angry. And so I have, to, I have to watch my words. And then if they are full of anger, i got to submit to God and go, whoa, how's my heart today? i to do a little heart check. Think about this on the other side, too. If your words are a blessing to people, be encouraged, be comforted. Your heart is in a good place. That's, that's phenomenal. That's, a, that's a truly a gift from God that our words are a checkpoint for our heart. As I thought about us this week as a church, you know, I, I thought, man, imagine this group of people, Brooksiders. Imagine this group of people that if our identity is firm in Christ, then we're able to to be the kind of people that our words build. Our, our words just don't sit empty, no, no, and they don't break, but we're the kind of people that we're confident in who we are in Christ. We're changed by God. We've experienced his love and his grace and his forgiveness, and as a result then, we can use our words, and we can use them to build. And other people can go, wow, there's something different about them just by the way that they talk. The, the power of words is incredible. They have the power to build, to break, and to reveal. Let's do this. Let's pray and just let's ask God for help on this this morning. So, Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that it is alive. It is active. God, we can stand on the truth of who you are. We can base our lives on it. We thank you for that. And Father, this morning, we just want to say to you, Lord, we want to be the kind of people that we use our words to build. That when we look at our kids, when we look at our friends, when we look at our, our, our family, we look at people in our lives that, that don't know you, they're not experiencing, they haven't met life, haven't met you yet. Lord, we pray that our words would be builders and would lead well. And then, God, we confess to you the times when our words have broken. And Lord, we just want to say to you this morning, we are sorry. Lord, would you forgive us? Lord, thank you that you give us a new heart in Christ. We praise you for that. And Lord, lastly, we just pray that we would stop long enough maybe today and just say, okay, what do my rev words reveal about my heart, about the core of who I am? Lord, thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for these truths. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.